0: It's been a challenging time, hasn't it? And we've looked for comfort in so many different ways. Um, I don't know how you've done that. Um, we kind of look for comfort as we're maybe watching the news, looking at the live update at five o'clock, trying to find out what the latest thinking is, trying to look at the the way in which our leaders are responding, trying to find hope in the numbers of tragic Uh, casualties each day looking around the world seeing how the numbers are changing hoping that the economy somehow can find uh, a way to recover comfort is something which we innately look for uh, in times of trouble strange products uh, find resonance during times of comfort I've been amazed that one of the best sellers during this current crisis is a weighted blanket. The idea of being, I don't know, binging on Netflix with a big heavy blanket, kind of smothering you. Um, At £144, I'll pass. Thanks very much. But this book that we're looking at opens up the idea of comfort. For a community of God's people who were suffering real challenges and real trials. I want us to just look at the first, well really from verse 3 through to verse 11 this afternoon. Just look at the first section there, verse 3 and 4. Paul writes to the church in Corinth and he says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. I don't know where we look for comfort, but the place that we ought to look for comfort is to the one who can truly give comfort. And that's what Paul is saying. He's saying there's a reason to praise God, our Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, because he is the Father of compassion. He he doesn't say that he exhibits compassion. He says he's the Father of compassion. One of the characteristics of the God that Paul describes to us, is a compassionate Father, a God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles. We have a source. I want us to remember this over these next weeks. We have a source of comfort. It's our Father in heaven. I suppose for every one of us, it moves us to a place where uh, that paternal care can be exhibited to young and old, to those with, at parents, those without parents, no matter what our situation, Paul says, our Father can be a comfort. The second thing that he points us to is this. The comfort that we receive has a purpose see what he says there when we receive the comfort from our father from god the god of all comfort who comforts us in our troubles we receive that so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from god they're amazing words It's instructive. It's saying that this comfort that the Father brings, I think that Paul has in mind here the Father who is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus Christ received comfort from the Father when he walked this earth. And we receive comfort from the Father through the Holy Spirit that comforts us in our troubles. So that that would be a virtuous waterfall of comfort to those around us who also need comfort. That we pass on that comfort. You see what we're encouraged there to do is it's very easy for us sometimes when we're looking to comfort each other, we feel as though we've got to come up with something, we've got to Work out a way to comfort this particular person, and actually, the best thing that we can do is to point each other to our Father in heaven. So that the comfort that I can bring to you is not my thought up ideas for what comfort is, it's so that I can comfort you with the comfort that I have received from God. So I my encouragement is in this incomparable time, the comfort that we have in trouble is from our Father in heaven, to, to rest in him, to lean into that comfort so that we might receive a comfort that can be communicated to others, a comfort in trouble. The second thing that we see is a learning in trouble. Look at what the way the text progresses. Verse 8. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. That verse, in a way, couldn't be more pertinent for many people in the situation that we are in. That the pressure is so great, the trouble is so overwhelming we've reached a point where we despair of life itself it's not something that is experienced just as a one-off in an individual situation this is being experienced globally one of the things that we learn in this time of trouble is that we are, we understand and we face Our mortality. We face that. We face the reality that we are as grass, passing, a whisper. What's God doing in this? That's one of the questions that I guess many of us are asking. What is God doing in this current situation? I don't think we can always answer that. I don't think we can understand what God is doing specifically in each individual situation. But what we can do is we can see that God uses challenges and trouble in very specific ways, no matter what that trouble is. Paul and his colleagues faced the reality of their mortal existence, the point where they despaired of life itself. But he goes on in verse 9 to recognize that there's a purpose to that. Look at what he says in verse 9. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. How, How powerful is that? Yes, Paul is oppressed for his faith because of his faith but he was facing the reality of a life-and-death situation. And he's able to say that this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. That's amazing. If there was one thing that that we could take away from this, if there was one comfort that we could learn from this. It would be that we would understand that the reason that we face challenges is so that we might turn and rely on our Father. That we might place our hope, place our trust, place our confidence in Him because we know that we are mortal. there's a reason overriding all of the challenge and difficulty and trouble in every situation in every historical event in every time there is difficulty and challenge and it's that we might understand our frailty so that we might rely on our God so we've got comfort in trouble we've got learning in trouble and we've got Finally, assurance in trouble. It's been a massive upsurge. I mean, that guy who walked uh, backwards and forwards in his garden at 99, getting the laps in before his 100th birthday has been an inspiration, hasn't he? Absolutely incredible. The last time I saw, I think he'd raised 25 million. Many would say that in his last, very last stage in life, he has achieved more than maybe all the time before, but who knows how incredible that is. Will we get through this? There's loads of songs that have been played. We'll meet again. I think I've heard again and again from Vera Lynn that evoking those kind of wartime moments You know, it's a kind of a hope, isn't it? It's a hope that we'll meet again. But look at what Paul says in verse 10. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. That's his confidence. He will deliver us again. On him, we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. He will continue to deliver us. That's the confidence that Paul has. In deadly peril, he'll deliver us again. How can we know that? How can we say that there is that kind of assurance when the reality is, I don't know whether I will see you again? Well, we connect verse 9 and verse 10. At the end of verse 9, Paul's confidence is in this. His confidence is in the God who raises the dead. You see the trickle-down connection of comfort? The father comforted the son, and the son was raised from the dead. And that's why the son was comforted. Not my will, but yours be done, he said. And for the the glory that was set before him, he he endured the cross. He saw beyond because he had confidence, he had hope in a father who raised the dead. And that's why Paul is able to say that I have assurance that our God will deliver us again from such deadly peril, on Him we've set our hope, He will continue to deliver us. That's why we're able to say we will meet again, that's the confidence that we have, and it's what drives us to prayer. As you help us by your prayers, Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favour granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Let's pray as we conclude and pray that our hope might be in that God. Father, we pray that you would bring comfort. We pray that you would bring assurance. We pray that you would bring hope we cannot look into ourselves to find that hope we need to look outside of ourselves we need to look to hope in you and so when we look at the fact that you raised Jesus from the dead that the grave could not contain him we have that kind of hope that you will not fail us in the face of deadly peril we pray for those who are grieving at this time and we pray that hope might be their joy amen
1: hi everyone hi paul Hi yeah so uh, me and paul if you want to join us um we're not going to keep you uh, all night, but we're just going to maybe just talk over a few of the ideas um, that came up in Paul's sermon or that come up in the first couple of verses of chapter one. So if you have a question as we chat or anything like that, then just send it in and we will we will try and answer it. So first of all, one of, one of my questions is for Paul. Um, so the word, the word comfort here in this passage um, just gets us... I mean, it, I guess it gets us thinking about all kinds of things. There are there are the comfort blankets that we are looking for at the moment. There are the Netflix shows that we want to watch. There are the idea that we can keep our um, vulnerable relatives all safe and warm and, and all that kind of stuff. How is how is the comfort that is mentioned in the first 11 chapters? How is that any dif- is it different? How is it better? Is, is that a, a fair question?
0: it is a fair question i think the fact that paul's writing to a community who are facing imminent life threat and the fact that he's experienced imminent threat to his own life means that the comfort that he's talking about is at the absolute deepest level how can how can we be possibly comforted when um when our life is in absolute peril so in a way I guess for us Paul's encouraging us to say that no matter what your situation number one don't forget that there can be a far worse situation to the point where it can be your life that's at risk but even then there is a comfort which is greater and at the same time I think our I think our God has created us to to in a way seek and enjoy comfort in in our physical being. Mm. You know the fact that we we wander up a mountain and see a beautiful view, or we see uh, expressions of love and we're really moved by it, says that we're made to enjoy the comfort that He's designed into our being. Mm. So I yeah. think there's comfort. Kind of comfort at every level, but Paul's talking about comfort at the ultimate level, which I think for us is really relevant at this point in time.
1: As you talked as well about uh, about learning, um, and it's it seems to me that one one of the things that struck me in the text is that it's it's clear that Paul well it's not not just in this text but in other texts that Paul learns through suffering. Mm. You know, it's clearly one of those. Um, is clearly a tool that god seems to have used in his life to, to speak to him but as i as i saw if i'm really honest as i read through that passage i thought well i see the i see that as paul um suffered uh, you know with christ he became somebody who could pass on something helpful to, towards other people even as i read those words um the human part of me thought I I see how valuable it is I see how helpful it is and yet I'm not sure that I would want it do you understand mm-hmm. what, do you understand mm-hmm. what I mean how do yep. we um so it it seems like just paul has just this awesome perspective or he's gained mm-hmm. this awesome perspective mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so part of me feel as I, as I, as I sort of try and make this personal to me I sort of think well I I can I have this I have this at, at times but either either getting it in the first place the perspective where there's things that you learn in hardship is something you can pass on getting it and and keeping it that's that's another thing altogether is there any Mm. um how do we sort of how do we keep it i don't know if i think that's i think it's a question it's it's almost a question
0: yeah I, i suppose it's rooted in the in the confidence the eternal confidence that he has if we can if we can get to the point where we are so so comforted with the knowledge of our eternal security which i think you probably experience more of that when you are facing mortal threat i think that that's how that's how god's grace works in our lives i look at the way i look at the way some people have faced the reports that we hear of people who faced persecution for their faith and I look at myself and I think I just couldn't I couldn't go there I don't think I've got the strength to do that but the promise that we've got from God is that he gives us the strength when we need it uh, which is back to the idea that we are relying on him rather than relying on our own inner strength that can I build my faith up big enough to be strong and and paul's taken to a place where he he says that he's sharing in the suffering of christ uh, and he's encouraging those around him to say you can you can share in the suffering of christ which resulted in the loss of life because you've got a hope beyond and when we've got that maybe we're able to we're able to embrace an attitude which says that this particular situation that I'm in, I, I need not waste it, but draw out of it the good that God is clearly saying to us in this text, you will always find. You will always find that in trouble it push you are pushed into relying on me. And that's never a bad thing.
1: So it's probably not going to be something that we ever, we're ever going to look for. We're always... The human side of us will be always be strong enough to say, "I'm going to try and, you know, not not go near this." And yet, we have there is an acknowledgement within scripture that it, there is something really refining in in the moments that can be really useful and really helpful to us. And when I, as I just as I let that resonate around my head now, I think, yes, that is the that's probably the that's been the truth of it. My twenty odd years or more, yeah, more now you know, stuttering through my faith, the moments, you know, when I would, when you would look on and say, oh yeah, God can't be speaking in this when I've really been suffering or struggling comparatively, you know, speaking, I've actually been, you know, defining, defining moments. So whilst, whilst we, whilst perhaps we will always be people that duck or try and move away from these moments, they will all, you know, God will always be able to speak to us Mm -hmm. because I guess it's, you know, i guess we search we search him as we as we need him more we search him out more or, or, or as as we need him to be more real he becomes uh, becomes more real we've had yeah. um, you've had a re- a really helpful comment in it um, s- says isn't our comfort less like a soft pair of slippers and more like a sturdy pair of walking boots i don't know what you think about that i guess i think i think often you could the accusation would come at christians that we do look for that kind of soft slippery comfort and actually, maybe it is true that um, that God does give us something. He, he doesn't just pacify us, and He doesn't just give us something to get you know get us by or to distract us. He does give us, He does equip us to get to the end, you know, of the journey. Perhaps that's a mm. pretty helpful analogy. I don't know what you think.
0: Uh, it's interesting. though. the whole of our world looks for the comfy slippers, doesn't
1: it? Yeah,
0: uh, we are actually made to enjoy joyful comfort the the reality is that in a broken fallen world we might not have that joyful comfort but it's the hope of eternal joyful comfort if you like the eternal cozy slippers comfort a peace a rest kind of comfort that means that the comfort that we need now is the sturdy walking boots yeah <laughs> that's the great thing isn't it we won't need steady sturdy walking boots comfort in eternity because the tears the challenges the difficulties the hardships will have passed that's why it is rest and that's why it's true hope
1: yeah so it's it's um and maybe in these in times when we search for true hope are the times when we might just find our walking boots so to speak do you know what i mean Whereas, Absolutely. We, whereas we probably wouldn't have thought that we would have needed them before we would have just bobbed to the shop in our slippers. Okay, one, one, uh, because time's gone and people will want their teas and to get back out in the garden and everything else. Uh, just one observation and, and just to share with you, I don't know what your thoughts were on it. I think it's been really interesting um, The last, in the last four or five weeks, as we've been without a building um, and without normal ways to meet together, how we've had to how the church has had to think on its feet and it's been caused you know stirred to think about what it you know what it actually is i I think it's really i found it helpful interesting to see even in paul's little introduction that you didn't really major on so i'm sorry about going to this place just the simple view he has of what it means to be church um so it strikes me that from what i know of corinth they were it wasn't like they weren't, you know, you know, they weren't nailing things. Let's be honest. They were, they were problems mm-hmm. within the church. They didn't, they didn't seem to even really like Paul very much, and yet he yeah. loves them dearly, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. loves what they are and what they can be. And you know, as he identifies it in, you know, those couple of verses, it's just these separated saints, and so I, that's just been in these last. As we've thought about what church is and what makes church, and what are the essential elements of church and God's people, I've just I found that a really helpful little verse. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week, in that you know, we can't meet. There's a bunch of stuff that we can't do that maybe would be helpful for us to do, and yet at the same time, we are just, we are a bunch of people, almost no more brilliant than that that God has, you know, with our, with our own issues, working through things that God has separated uh, for His glory. I just found that really quite um, that that gave me some security, and that gave me some maybe even some comfort, and yeah, that gave great. me some uh, some direction.
0: Yeah, great. Really helpful. Um,
1: Would you just um, pray for us, Paul, and then we'll finish up.
0: I will. I'm just conscious as well. One of the comments there, thanks, Arnold. Um, Just the brother-in-law of Chirito. Let's pray for that family. Yeah. Um, And let's pray for our church family as we close. Father, we are so thankful that our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. And in the middle of the most difficult of global challenges that our world has probably ever seen, we are thankful that there is something greater, there is something eternal, there is hope. Father, we pray at this time for our church family For those who are fearful, for those who are struggling, for those who are grieving. Such a difficult time to lose our loved ones. Such a difficult time to grieve. And so we pray that the tears that we weep together might be shared tears. And the joys that we share together might be shared joys as we look. To Jesus, who is our hope. Amen. Amen. Stay safe, everyone. We'll see
1: you next week online.
0: Thanks very much. Take care.